Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. A very messy conference finals in the NBA and our way too early NBA finals preview. I'm Matt Thomas. He's Justin Goodrum. Welcome to In the Lab with Hoopsology. Welcome again to In the Lab with Hoopsology. Once again, I'm Matt Thomas. My co-host is with us tonight, Justin Goodrum. How you doing, man? Good, man. I'm just watching the game. Uh, Golden State's up. Uh, We'll see if Luka can work his magic, but it's glad the um, holiday weekend is upon us. How are you, man? Yeah, I could definitely... Definitely use a break. Um, Surprised (laughs) to find that this is our 21st episode of (laughs) In the Lab with Hoopsology. So, um, of course, this is our first season doing this live show, like in this format. So it's been a lot of fun, but already 21 episodes have passed. Um, I think I can't move forward into NBA stuff, and and I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I do want to uh, send our, our thoughts, prayers, and condolences for uh, for Texas and for the tragedy that happened there this week. Uh, I know we all have seen a lot about that and heard a lot about that, so I don't really want to dwell on it, but um, I, I did just want to say, um, you know, our, our thoughts and prayers and condolences are are with you all, and, and I don't think there's um, anything that can really be, be said um, to repair or, or help with any of this at, at this point in time. So um, we are pulling for you guys and, and praying for y'all. Um, but let's get into some basketball talk. There's uh, there's no real way to segue out of that. Um, Justin, where do you want to start? Would you like to start in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference? Um, let's go East, and hopefully <laughs> the Warriors can pull away and we can, can have our uh, – Good estimation of our way too early NBA Finals preview. So, I like your thinking. So, yeah, we've had Miami versus Boston in the East, as you all know, and it has been a very sloppy series. It's been ups and downs. It's been players injured and active and injured again, back and forth and back and forth. So, I think the maybe greatest surprise of the series was that. Miami took game one in fairly convincing fashion. I think a a lot of people were not expecting that. But of course, uh, as I think we talked about briefly last week, there there were some injuries there, some Boston players sidelines. So may have been part of the equation. You know, Al Horford had a COVID exposure or something along those lines and had Mm -hmm. to sit game one. Marcus Smart had to sit game one as well. So um Miami gets the winning game one move to game two Celtics blow out the heat 
move to game three. Our closest game of the series, the Heat win by six. They were up by more than that for most of the game, and then the Celtics pulled in a, a little bit closer. That is probably the second most surprising game since it was in Boston. Um, and it felt like after that game two blowout win, the Celtics had a lot of momentum going in that. Just has been hard to find any rhythm in this series. The very next game in game four, the Celtics blow out the Heat, um, and the Heat just could not hit the backside of a barn, as they say, uh, in terms of their shooting. It's been the story of the last few games, really, for the Heat. Game five, most recently, uh, last night, once again, the Heat only score in the 80s. So they score 82 points in game four and then 80 points in game five. Feels kind of like the Heat have run out of gas um, as we move to game six tomorrow night with Boston now leading the series three games to two. I guess first, I just kind of watch your, your overall impressions of this series, Justin. Are you impressed by these teams are you disgusted by what you've seen horrified maybe does this change your opinion of either of these teams uh in what you've seen through five games uh i don't think so i mean we've the playoffs has had a <clears throat> track record you know in the past of messy series i mean and i think you know what comes to mind is you know those pistons teams back in the 2000s i mean you know, there's been some ugly basketball, so I don't think in terms of these games, those I don't think this series replicates that. Um, but this series has played out the way that I thought. Miami's very gritty. As I said before, Miami's probably one of the most disrespected teams since the bubble, and people take them for granted, including myself. You know, it's easy to write them off. They're not the sexiest team in the NBA. Um, even with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo and Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero, um, they're a team that gets slept on all the time. So uh, with that being said, I think that's where you're seeing kind of a lot of just the, uh, <laughs> I don't know, begrudging watching of this series. But you know, it was playing out the way I thought. Um, I think with Boston, this is kind of their a pinnacle moment. This is the series to really change them and change their fortunes into a championship team. And if they lose this and if they blow this lead, I think it'll be pretty debilitating. And honestly, you know, we saw with the Phoenix Suns what happened there, but the Suns at least made it to the finals last year. So with the Celtics, I think this would be a lot worse, in my opinion, um, despite just the horrible blowout this would happen to Phoenix. So um, I believe with Boston, it's playing out the way I thought, and I ultimately think they'll win this series but Miami cannot be counted out that's for sure yeah I'm with you there and it, it seems less and less likely each game that the Heat are going to recover at this point uh, Tyler Hero out in game five with a groin injury I'm not sure of his status for game six but if he doesn't play for the rest of the series I mean he's one of their only creators in the half court as of late um, so I, I do think you're correct. I, I would not be surprised. I mean, I had Boston in five in this series, so I was surprised um, by the amount of fight the Heat were able to put up. Um, not surprising when you consider, like you said, the vets on this team, the coaching staff on this team, certainly. When you look forward to next season for Miami, just really quickly, I mean, is, is this now – based on how the second half of this series has gone is is this a team that is built for good success in the regular season and then 
maybe are getting too old to push deep into the playoffs? Or do you think it's just kind of like roll the ball out next season? Let's see what we got. We maybe just had some bad luck with injuries this time around, you know, like Jimmy Butler's knee, namely. And then, of course, Tyler Hero, as I just mentioned. Um, I think unless you can make changes that are have the odds of making a as close to a guaranteed positive change, I think you keep the team as is. This series is competitive. I mean, if they got swept or, you know, it played out like you were saying, Matt, in a five-game series, I think then you can assess. But this is pretty close. So, you know, like you said, things can break a different way, can favor the heat. So I think you just keep going. Um, and I think – you kind of assess what you what's going to happen with Bam Adebayo. Is is he going to be a franchise player? Jimmy Butler's had a lot of playoff minutes, so you know, father times undefeated. I mean, you have to under, you have to really start to decide. Okay, who's going to be the heir apparent to replace Jimmy Butler for all that scoring? So, and it's clearly not going to be Tyler Hero, and it's clearly I don't think it's going to be Kyle Lowry or Bam Adebayo. So, um, I think from that aspect. They should be preparing for the future without Jimmy Butler, just in terms of his age. But other than that, I think, you know, this team has done great as constructed and that they've done gone through such a lot of hard um, struggles, not through, not only through COVID, but with the whole Eric Spolstra um, fiasco earlier this season, just with them um, arguing with his players. So overall, they're pretty battle tested. So I don't I don't see the uh, reason to make any hardcore changes. Yeah, I think oddly enough, you know, uh, game one may have hindered them uh, in in winning game one this series i think looks closer than it actually is mm-hmm. um i think you're right about like certainly the first three games were pretty contested i mean game two wound up being a blowout but um it, it really is just kind of flamed out towards the end but you know that we're talking about two games you know the last two games really where the heat have lost their ability to shoot the ball. The, the other thing I, I think bears mentioning is Kyle Lowry. I mean, he's got two more years on his deal. Uh, really much like the heat success in this series, kind of the second half of this series has not been almost nearly unplayable. He has almost nearly been unplayable. Um, shots falling very short, just looks, looks like his, you know, legs are kind of done uh, for the series. So, you know, for for Heat fans, you know, hopefully they can turn it around. But I definitely agree with you in that I think Boston is winning this, and it wouldn't surprise me if they win this the very next game uh, just to kind of get this over with. Uh, even though it's in Miami, I, I don't think um, there's much that this Heat team can do, especially now that Rob Williams uh, seems to be back in the swing of things. Celtics seem to have, like, gotten healthier as the series has progressed whereas the heat it's been sort of inverted and that's the way the results have been uh as of late too so moving on i'm sorry was there anything else that you wanted to say on miami versus boston okay (laughs) so we're gonna move into um the mavericks versus the Golden state warriors this uh again i mean surprise surprise yet another series where my prediction has been not as bad as picking the Nets over the Celtics in round one, but oh, right there really with bad. I, I had um, 
I had the uh, Warriors winning this in seven games. It does appear like it's going to be Warriors in five games at the moment. The Warriors are winning uh, 110 to 97, as you can see on our screen there. So the Warriors win the first three games. I really just punch the Mavericks in the mouth, outclass the Mavericks. I was honestly kind of shocked that the Mavericks won game four. They did that through a lot of great three-point shooting. They hit 23-pointers in game four, shot from a very good percentage from behind the line. Uh, even still, the Warriors almost came back in that one, <laughs> made it interesting towards the end. So I think this is a textbook gentleman sweep, you know, where the Warriors got their win in Dallas that they wanted and kind of eased off towards the end there in game four in Dallas. Um, so I'll ask you the same question as I did for the, the Celtics Heat series. Has your impression changed of either of these teams um, now that we've had these games play out and, and pretty much this series play out? Um, I don't think so. Just watching <clears throat> this game play out now. I mean, this right now the score is 110-97. Um, this game is in striking distance for the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, you take a look at the stats now. Steph hasn't played that great. Jordan Poole hasn't shot that well. Um, but you're seeing Klay Thompson have 29 points along with Andrew Wiggins having 18. I think that's indicative of this series is where – Really, the additions of just Andrew Wiggins over the past couple of years, along with Jordan Poole, just made the Warriors super dangerous and really have extended um, their championship life because I think a lot of people were questioning with Clay Thompson being hurt um, and then really Steph Curry having to carry the rest of the load. What would be kind of the fate you know, of this team in terms of them being a title contender? And those two key additions, without even James Wiseman even there and Gary Payton III, um, hurt, I mean – it really has changed the trajectory of this team. So their series has played out pretty much the way I thought. Um, props to Luka, props to the Dallas Mavericks for hanging in there. I think in terms of, you know, the Warriors having the chance to sweep. I mean, the Mavericks were at home. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of emotions played in for both sides. But um, I just think just in terms of just – Historically, when a team is up three to zero, it's usually you know fairly difficult to close out. So um, I think the Mavericks—that's how they got one there. Um, but you know, like the TNT analyst said, I mean the Mavericks are a, are a jump shooting team, and I think what they said um, in Game Four was accurate in terms of they went to the basket. And I'm always for high percentage shots over jump shots if you know you only have Luca. Um, here he didn't look at this nail of three, right. so they're you know the the Warriors are up by ten right now. So overall, I just think it's a depth, just a depth issue. I mean, Luca can't score a hundred points. I mean, he needs help, and <laughs> if that's just inconsistent, I just don't see them having a shot to be competitive with Golden State. But they should be very proud of themselves. And I think also, as much as I like this player, Christoph Porzingis, this is kind of an indictment on him. I mean, look at the success the the Mavericks have had, and he's you know he's mm -hmm. gone. And I think, you know, a lot of it has to do with him not being there. I mean, that's I mean, he's not there. They're in the you know, they're in the Western Conference Finals. I mean, that's I mean, that's kind of a strike against him. So overall I think the Mavericks have nothing to hang their hats on if this is in fact the end of their season. And I think, like I said before, this is only more to come for Luca in the future. Yeah, I do think they are kind of playing with house money, so to speak, like the Mavericks really weren't supposed to be here 
Okay. Everyone thought the sun's supposed to be here. That doesn't mean, you know, you lay down and die getting no. here, but it feels like they kind of had their big moment in beating the suns. And like you said, I, I think it's the perfect point. I mean, the Warriors are just deeper and more experienced. They are a championship roster. Dallas, the roster was stitched together really quickly at the trade deadline this year. They need more pieces around Luca. I mean, just plain and simple. I, I think the main thing is that they've, e- even though they've been allowing Luca to get even up to his 40 points or so, there's nobody else on this roster, even Jalen Brunson in this series at least, that they have to worry about going off and being a threat. So just kind of like, frustrate Luca, slow him down a little bit and then don't let anyone else uh go off you know and, and match his like 30 points or whatever and that's been a pretty easy task for them i think the mavericks at this point are too easy to game plan for i guess i'm a little disappointed i thought the mavericks youth uh and kind of defensive mind are around Luca would show up a little bit more in this series and slow down the Warriors, but it's just been too much for them to handle with all the perimeter threats uh, on this Warriors team. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I think we both agree. Let's see. It looks like the Warriors have pulled ahead 118 to 102. So they've extended that lead. Steph has hit bit. a big three. Yeah. So there's still, there's still some time, but um I think we can safely say that our predicted NBA Finals is the Warriors versus the Boston Celtics. Um, Before we get to that, I do have one more question for you. And that is something that I've heard uh, multiple times on Bill Simmons' podcast and and other places too, is just unhappiness, uh, obviously with the injuries that we've seen in this conference finals, players being bounced on and off the court. Are the games scheduled too close together? Do you have a problem with this every other night these guys play in a game? Should there be more space? Is it just right how it is or or something else entirely? I think it's fine because remember how people would complain these games are spread out. Why are there three games in between everything? I think it's fine. Um, my biggest issue is with the first round of it's being seven games. I don't that doesn't really make too much sense to me. When they made that change, I was totally against it. I yeah. like the first round being quick. So me I think too. if you want to prevent injuries, I think just make the first round five games, especially you're having a play in tournament, so there's more additional games. This I think that's the best course of action. But no, I, I like that there's games all the time. It speeds things up. So you know, injuries are going to happen anyway. Injuries happen in the old format. So, I mean, I just, I don't know why there's a big uproar to just change anything. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being naive, but I don't, I don't see anything wrong with um, the current format and just what's happened so far, despite the injuries. No, I'm glad to hear you say this. And, um, I, you know, I'd like to see some significant data of a, a great increase in injuries um because i i don't think this scheduling is uncommon or um abnormal compared to like 90s and 80s basketball um so i would want to see some data before spreading things out more i'm with you i think it's oddly even though there has been some poor shooting performance nights i do think the intensity has been elevated i I think the intensity of playoff basketball is there it's not like these guys have just like 
let off the gas. I mean, especially in the Miami and Boston series, it's, it's been contentious the whole way through, even in games that ended up being blowouts. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. I, I wonder where that line is that folks arguing the other side would be happy because it seems yeah. like there's always members of sports media. I'm not going to call anyone out or anything because it's it's fine to have a different opinion. Um, but I do wonder. I mean, I think some media, some folks in the media would be like, oh, these players should play no more than like twice a week, right. no more than once a week. You know, yeah. it's like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, I think the fatigue is is part of the grind of the playoffs and, and what makes it so captivating to us as an audience. Yeah. So I, I'm with you on this. And uh, if there was some, uh, you know, some data saying that injuries are substantially increased or the risk for that is increased, then we can have a different conversation. I uh, I'm also, I, I love, of course, the opinion to have a five game or best of five first round. You know, it's just unfortunately the money situation of, of removing those games. Like oh, yeah. I, I just don't think that'll ever happen. The media contracts for sure. I think the only shot would be, you know, if there's extra games for a play-in tournament, I think then you might be able to do something like that. But, you know. I, I, you're right. The more games, the better for the media deal. So, Yep. So we have Warriors and Celtics meeting up in the finals. Um, so let's do our way too early finals <laughs> preview. Uh, I love this matchup. I, I think it is the most interesting matchup of all the possible matchups that we have left. I'm uh, not a big fan of either of these teams personally, so I, I have, um, you know, no no skin in the game, so to speak, uh, no no money on this or whatever deep invested interest. Um, so, I guess the first question I, I want to save our predictions towards the end here, but um, where do you see advantages, disadvantages, and maybe who are your X factor players for this series? Um, I think it's going to come down to whether or not Boston, I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, this, again, this is kind of the, a cinema moment for this team. I mean, they're they're facing a perennial title contender with the Golden State Warriors. I mean, you could argue that this the Warriors are the team of the, what, the 2010s, so to speak, um, and mm -hmm. headed into the next decade. So um, I think both teams are even. Both teams have a lot of similarities that you wouldn't think they have. I think the main thing is going to be in those clutch situations when things get really contentious. Can Jalen Brown and will Jason Tatum be clutch? And I think ultimately mm. they've proven that, but the finals is just a different situation. Um, and personally, to me, I think it's going to come down to Boston's defense to really lock that down. Uh, I think that's going to be a key difference. And also, again, with the Warriors' new depth, I think Andrew Wiggins and Jordan and, you know, Poole. I think both those guys are going to be huge. And really, it's kind of going to be a battle of the X factors because, you yeah. know, with, the, with all four of those guys, I just think they're great shooters. They're, I mean, they're bound to go off. I mean, what can you do? You play phenomenal defense. You can't stop them. So I think it's going to come down to those other X factors players, Draymond, you know, guys that, you know, may – may have been deactivated. I don't know what Andre Iguodala's status is. I'm not really sure. But somebody like that who may have limited playing time, but all of a sudden they're a factor in the finals, I think. Something like that 
it's going to be very pivotal for both these teams. So I'm, I'm very captivated to see. And also, too, like, you know, you take a look at, you know, Clay had a great game tonight, but with Clay and Steph, they haven't shot, like, phenomenally well. I mean, they're not, you know, this is a, a knock on Steph Curry. This is going to be another interesting story just because people have criticized Steph Curry for his NBA Finals um, performances. So against a great defense, if he has a great NBA Finals, this could this really should cement his legacy along with the title. I mean, really, we'll see how important legacy it is. I think for him, it's fairly important. I think it's really the only thing that's missing off of his resume. It's not only an NBA Finals MVP, but like a unanimous selection. Like he is the definite best player in this series. So I think that's going to be interesting to watch. Absolutely. And I think you could argue that this is the toughest defense that he has ever faced in the NBA Finals. As far as the guy, I mean, most likely Marcus Smart, I would assume, is going to be tasked with aggravating him and throwing him out of rhythm uh, to make his shooting less of a factor. I, I don't think you can ever eliminate that entirely, but they're gonna they're gonna try their hardest. Uh, I think you bring up the Celtics and them never having made it this far. And I think that's a huge factor in that they're hungry. This is their first time, but they also have less experience here, although they have a great deal of postseason experience. And you'd have to think as well, the Warriors are hungry in their own right to do this without KD, to get another championship, you know, as Splash Brothers, as whatever you want to think of, you know, this Kerr era Warriors, prove they can do it again, prove they can do it without KD. So I think there's maybe not equal hunger on both sides, because I think it's hard to match the first time you're in the finals. But I do think there is a narrative where the Golden State Warriors are very hungry for this too. Yeah, I wrote down for my X factors, um, basically the Celtics defense, but Marcus Smart and, and Rob Williams, you know, controlling the rebounds for Rob Williams, controlling Steph Curry or, or trying to as best you can, like we said, getting him out of rhythm. A stat that I looked up, so there, there's been kind of this, this sentiment among members of the media, et cetera, that the Celtics, and maybe this is just Boston media, but the Celtics kind of have the Warriors number. So I looked it up to see how the Celtics have fared. Cause I, I did remember, you know, there've been some key games, key matchups in the regular seasons where the Celtics have come out on top against the Warriors. So in their last 10 games, uh, and of course these are all matchups in the regular season. So take that for what it's worth. The Celtics are seven and three versus the Warriors the last 10 times these teams have met. Now, again, that's over the last several years and that's not playoff basketball. So you can't put all your stock in that, but I do find it interesting that um, there is sort of some stats to back up that the Celtics match up well against this Warriors team. So let's call it out, man. Um, how do you think this plays out? How many games and, and who you got winning? Because this will probably be close to starting or or uh, maybe up to like game two by the time we meet again to chat about basketball. <laughs> yeah. So this is a battle of my parents' teams. My dad's from Boston. Mom, My mom likes the Warriors. Oh, um, man. I got to go. I'm going to go with Boston. 
Um, I thought about almost pick Golden State. They're the sexier choice, but um, my thing's always defense and kind of surefied ways to score points, and that's Boston. Um, I just, the shooting of the Splash Brothers have not pushed me over the edge of picking them in a tough series, and I think with Tatum and Brown, and I think with Al Horford being a factor along with their defense, I think that's going to put them over the edge. I got Boston in seven. Um, I think it's going to be really close. Um, Keep in mind, good. Golden State has the home court advantage. Understood, but yeah. I think for but I think for Boston, you know, the Splash Brothers have a shot great. I mean, they can steal one. I mean, that's, I mean, all you need is one game to turn the tide. So, um, I really think Boston has that that advantage, and I really see them, you know, pulling out. And also, I picked against them <laughs> pretty much this entire playoff. So I'm kind of making an effort <laughs> of picking in the NBA Finals. So, um, again, it wouldn't surprise me if the Warriors win this series at all. You know. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson get getting hot, you know, just go unconscious at any time. Um, Poole has played well. Andrew Wiggins, I think, really, they've been a massive difference. So this is an extremely close series. However, um, I just think with Boston's defense, um, I really see that just being um, too much for the Warriors just due to um, kind of their shooting of their two main stars. But we'll see. I mean, with the Heat, I mean, that could take a lot out of them. We could see, you know, it go seven. So, I mean, it's not over between the, the Celtics and the Heat. So that could be another factor played into this as well. So we'll see. Absolutely. Yeah, on, on the flip side of that, I don't see extra rest for the Warriors as necessarily a great thing, um, you know, considering their reliance on jump shooting. Uh, you know, it's kind of that old adage that you get out of rhythm if you haven't played games in a while. Sometimes we see that, sometimes not. I think the Warriors are experienced enough to handle it either way. But look, I, I picked the Brooklyn Nets in round one because I thought, here comes KD, this giant, who's going to take down the Celtics. Nope, nope, they killed the giant. Okay, round two, I'm going to pick Giannis. He's won all these MVPs. He's the giant. He's going to take the Celtics down. Nope, Celtics knock him down too. Then I, I was won over at that point. The Celtics were hot coming into that round one, and I still picked against them. Couldn't pick against them after those first two rounds, and I'm not going to pick against them in the finals. I'm with you. I'm a little nervous because I feel like when you have a team that relies on defense as much as the Celtics do, that puts some of your success in the hands of the officials and how physical they let you get in these games. But you also have Draymond as kind of like collateral on the other side, because if they're not letting the Celtics play super physical, then they're not letting Draymond do that either. So, I mean, ideally, of course, assuming fair officiating as, as we would. Um, so I like Boston in this. I'm going to take them to win on their home court in six games. I don't know exactly how that happens. Uh, they're definitely going to have to get one of those first two games and then uh, defend their home court. So I, I like the Celtics as well. Yeah, as I said, I, I can't pick against them rolling. It kind of feels like a team of destiny over the last two months or so. Uh, of course, now that uh, Phoenix has conveniently been eliminated, because I, I would have picked Phoenix here. But, yeah, so we are in agreement on that. You've got Boston in seven. I've got Boston in six. I think it's going to be a very entertaining series to watch. Uh, again, I'm glad we have this matchup to watch. One of, I, I mean, I would say the greatest, not this year's version, but the greatest perimeter offense 
franchise that we've ever seen in the NBA versus now. I am one of the, I don't know how the analytics will, will stack in terms of historically speaking, but eyeball test, I mean, they're up there among one of the greater perimeter defensive teams. Um, so Agreed. it's going to be going to be an interesting chess match. Um, you've also got experienced head coach versus rookie head coach, but a rookie head coach that has made some great moves. I mean, is is um, leading against Coach Spolstra at this point and has beaten uh, Coach Bud, who won the title last year. So going to be a great series. Anything else that I missed or that uh, we should cover before we peace out here? Uh, no, that's it. This breaking news, uh, the Warriors, um, they clinch it. I'm moving on to the NBA Finals that we discussed. Steph Curry is the Magic Johnson um, Western Conference MVP. So he's celebrating with his team. They're having a party there. Look at Steph is uh, crying, overcome with emotion there. So they're pumped. They're going to be partying the night away, and they'll be awaiting the winner of the Celtics Heat. Yep, Celtics Heat play tomorrow night. Uh, real quick, since I didn't plug this at the beginning of our show, we had two epic interviews, if That's I right. may say so myself, that dropped this week. We talked to Trevor Lane of Lakers Nation, and we also talked to legendary photographer Joe McNally. Uh, honored to have both of them on our podcast. Uh, had a lot of fun chatting with them, chatting Lakers with Trevor Lane. And then all things photography with Joe McNally and much more than that as well. Uh, so be sure to check those out if you haven't yet. I think that's it. I think that's a wrap for tonight. Um, he's Justin Goodrum. I'm Matt Thomas. Thank you so much for tuning in, for listening to the podcast later, however you got to us. We really appreciate your support. Enjoy the rest of the Eastern Conference Finals. And we will be back next week to chat some NBA finals and get the latest on that. So take care. Have a good night. Peace out. See you later.